Welcome back to that Football Stats podcast. My name is Joe, your host, and um, I want to start this one by talking about Arsenal. I watched them at the weekend, and they've got a massive game, haven't they, against Manchester United coming up. Um, and they've won two and drawn one, but their performances and the selection um, from Arteta is a little bit strange. I do think he will end this parte at right-back experiment. I just don't get the Havertz experiment as well as of yet. I don't think anybody looked at Arsenal last year and thought they're missing someone just like Kai Havertz. But apparently Arteta did. You could say the same about the keeper, which has created a strange situation now. David Rea um, potentially going to come in because it was a mistake by Ramsdale for the opening goal of the game um, against Fulham. 2-2 draw. So they'll be disappointed by that and, and certainly looking to bounce back. It is at the Emirates on Sunday, the 4.30 game, and hopefully we get another Really, really good Premier League fixture, just like uh, Newcastle-Liverpool on the previous week. And um, I think Arteta will go back to, to what these players know. I think Partey, his qualities are needed in the middle of the pitch. At right wing-back, yes, he's a good option, but he could just sit alongside Declan Rice, allow Rice to actually get up the pitch a little bit more. Zinchenko will tuck in when Rice does go wandering, if he goes wandering. And you've also got Odegaard who likes to come into that space and, and get the ball, control the game. But I would go with a 4-2-3-1. And, and it doesn't include Kai Havertz. You've got the, the setback four that we know from last season. Partey and Rice in the middle. And then uh, Odegaard as the 10. Saka on the right, Martinelli on the left. And Gabriel Jesus, if he's fit enough, um, should start this game, I think. And that is probably where... You would look at this team and think they just need to improve a little bit because Declan Rice is an unbelievable signing. And him and Partey, potentially in the middle, is a is a good midfield. And Odegaard as well. It's got a lot of potential, but I just think it's kind of just disjointed at the minute. Playing Partey at right wing back to, to be able to play Havertz in this sort of left-sided central midfield role. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to work um, against Manchester United. I, I think you should just go back to basics because this Man United team, if you do get it right in midfield... They are there for the taking. Manchester United, I wouldn't be encouraged if I was a fan by the uh, Nottingham Forest performance. Obviously, the defending, very questionable. Nottingham Forest scoring from a Man United corner with a, a simple ball and, and the, the keeper ending up um, on his arse, essentially, and uh, the player just uh, passing it into the net. It was a strange goal. And then the second from a corner, you've got two Man United defenders, Wan-Bissaka and uh, Martinez, I think it was, both at the front post, both miss the ball, and then it just hits the face of the Nottingham Forest player and goes in. And um, that's really poor. And uh, add to that, Casemiro's performance, his isolation. Bruno Fernandes played well, but he, he needs to be able to go and do what he does well, which is just create. And Christian Eriksen, I think his legs have gone, to be honest. I don't think he's the player he was. He can't get up and down the pitch. Mason Mount obviously injured. McTominay not featured much, but I think he would be a better choice at the minute. Someone like Fred, that Man United's transfer um, strategy is is really bizarre all over the place. You see players going to other clubs, even to Premier League clubs. Um, Varane's injured now as well. So look at someone like Nathan Collins, who went to uh, Brentford. I honestly think he would have been a good signing and somebody that might have been prepared to take the Harry Maguire role on the bench sometimes, maybe play in certain competitions, but build your way into the team because Varane's not going to be around for, for much longer. He's always getting injured. He's coming to the end of his career. Um, he won't be at Man United for another two years, I don't think. So they need to start thinking about the future. Martinez needs a new long-term partner. 
80 million for, for Maguire looks absolutely abysmal business now, doesn't it? Anthony is another one, isn't he? High price tag, 86 million, was it? And uh, we'll see if he comes good. He's He's got flashes, but I think he's too much of an individual at the minute. He needs to contribute to other phases of play. And um, we'll see as well if, if the new striker, Hoyland, is, is ready. Um, I'm not sure on his fitness. He was supposed to be on the bench for the Forest game and then something changed and he wasn't. So he mustn't be too far away. And um, I think not just United fans, but I think there's many uh, people that are excited to see what he can do in the Premier League and how he plays. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him in those first games, a lot of eyeballs, a lot of comments. It's just the world we live in now. Um, you know, when Ronaldo signed, he was on the bench and he you know, didn't know much about him. And that's not the case with Man United now. They just, in any top club, if somebody comes in, especially when they're coming in to solve such a, a problem at Man United, which is just somebody that can get you 20 goals every season, uh, no fuss, but a guaranteed number of goals. Because if, if, if you don't get one, if he didn't sign Kane... If you didn't go in for Ossiemen, who are you going to rely on? Martial, Rashford? These are not proven goal scorers. They're not killers in front of goal. I'm just looking at the last 25 games for both of these teams, Arsenal and Manchester United, and a few things do stand out. Dangerous attacks, four per game. 66.92 for Arsenal, just 55 for Manchester United during the same period. In terms of home goals scored... Arsenal, 2.44 goals scored per game across those last 25. And for Manchester United, away from home, it is 0.62. That is not great. That really is not great. Struggling for goals away from home. And of course, if you've not heard the record, they were terrible. I think it was no wins away from home against the top nine in the Premier League. Top six or top nine, but either way, it is a clear um way that they can improve this season because they're obviously beating the other teams but these are the games that can get you that Champions League space or even better. Across this period every single Arsenal home game has seen two or more goals being scored. For Man United away from home just 31% of those away games have seen um, over three goals being scored. Three or more goals I should say sorry. Now in terms of goals scored 38% for Manchester United away from home. This is not looking good for Eric Ten Hag's team away from home. It is so clear what they need. Um, Arsenal, incidentally, they have scored in 88% of home games across this period. Manchester United have received a card in 85% of away games. Um, again, during this 25-game period, um, just so we can look at recent form, sort of the back end of last season as well as the start of this season. And finally, the referee. I'll give you the referee data and then I'll make a general prediction for this one. Um, and then you can, if you're listening to this on uh, YouTube or TikTok or whatever, you can um, leave a comment and give me your prediction. If you're listening to the podcast, I don't know how you can leave a prediction. Maybe you can jump onto Twitter at Odd Alerts on there and uh, just uh, leave a prediction for this game. So Anthony Taylor, the combined form that we've got for him uh, is 3.7 cards per game. Um, and that is across 132 appearances combined, so across all different compositions. If we just look at his Premier League data for this season, three games, 5.67 yellow cards per game. So that is considerably higher than his average, which is 3.7. Now, there have been a ton of yellow cards. I think the top referee has 19 in two games. He missed 
um, the, the previous game week. So imagine if he'd uh, officiated. I think it was because of a mistake, to be honest. That's why he sort of sat this one out or did VAR duty, the dreaded VAR duty. It's like going and sitting on the naughty step, isn't it? So my prediction for this one, and we'll just take a look at the probability model as well. So the probability model on Odd Alerts is um, giving us a 51% rating for Arsenal. That is just under evens as implied odds. So um, 51% chance that Arsenal win for the probability model. If we look at the actual odds at the moment, the odds are 1.8. And so the bookmakers are giving Arsenal a better chance than Odd Alerts, but it is marginal. The best odds you will get for Arsenal are 1.84 with one expert. I'm recording this on the 28th at 10 a.m., so obviously those odds can fluctuate. You can see the history if you go to the game, the fixture on the website. I will link that in the description if you're watching on YouTube or TikTok. If you're watching on the podcast or if you're listening on the podcast, rather, you can go to oddalerts.com and just find this game using the search so my prediction is maybe a 3-1 victory for Arsenal. I think Arsenal will dominate this game. I remember the last couple of games against Man United, they've started really well. And especially Jesus is back. If Arteta does return to a formation that these players know and that they are familiar with, because I think they'll they'll always get the best out of Martinelli, Jesus and uh, Saka. They're always going to do something in a game, regardless of what system Arteta plays. But I think at the moment he's trying to fit Havertz into this team and there just isn't a position for him at the minute. Keep things as they were, Arteta, and just ease these players into the team. Don't try and force and break the team. Okay, Declan Rice comes into the midfield, but just sort of keep things ticking over as they were last season because if you didn't get a Saliba injury last year and if you had a bit more firepower when Jesus is injured, as he has been at the start of this season, then I think you'd be set. Balogun has gone to Monaco for 40 million. I think Arsenal could potentially regret that decision in the future. His data was um, really, really good last year in Liga 1. Again, 21 goals. Um, he seems like someone that can consistently put the ball in the back of the net. And he's, he didn't really get a chance. Nketiah was next in line. And Nketiah is still at the club as well. So I think Arteta does favour him. And obviously that's the case because he's allowed him to join Monaco. I think there is some sort of sell-on fee included as well. I'm not sure about a buyback, but I do believe they will regret that decision because he's off, he's going to score goals. Monaco have been playing superb football at the start of this season. Um, really exciting games. They've scored plenty of goals. They scored three again last weekend. Uh, they've won two and, um, and drawn one, which was a 3-3 draw. They've got one of the highest XGs in Europe, and now they're adding a proven goal scorer at that level. So let me know your prediction for this game. If you're on TikTok, just add a comment. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, just leave a comment wherever you can. 